This month's podcasts are sponsored by Aubergine Legal. Do you sometimes worry that your business isn't meeting all its legal compliance requirements and wonder if you're ticking all the legal boxes? Are you losing sleep worrying about a piece of legislation that you may or may not be complying with? Perhaps you need some help with your client contracts or your data protection compliance. Or maybe you're worried that your website doesn't have the right documents or legal notices in the right place. Perhaps you have a brand that you want to protect with a trademark. How about if you could outsource it all and eliminate all of your worries? If so, then get in touch with Aubergine Legal, a friendly commercial legal consultancy offering practical and clear commercial legal advice without the overwhelming legal jargon, taking the worry away and helping you to protect your business and minimise your risks. Aubergine offers a free 30-minute consultation if you have any questions or want to find out if they can help. And you can access this link and book your free 30-minute call via the link in the show notes. Welcome to the Bring Your Product Ideas to Life podcast. Practical advice and inspiration to help you create and sell your own physical products. Here's your host, Vicky Weinberg. Hello, so today I'm talking to Amanda Davey from Tilia Publishing. So Amanda writes books and produces greeting cards that celebrates the beauties and quirkiness of the world around us in all its richness. The underpinning idea is to help people learn more about what they can see around them without fully realising their learning. There's unpredictability and non-fiction and that's definitely where Amanda's heart lies. So Amanda and I had a really interesting conversation about how she got started in photography and publishing her own books um, and we also spoke, spoke about sort of the change in nature of her business and bringing it online in the last couple of years so I really hope as always you enjoy this conversation with Amanda. I'm going to stop. Okay are you good to go? So hi Amanda thank you so much for being here. It's lovely to be here. Oh thank, thank you. you. So can we start with you, please give an introduction to yourself, your business and what you sell. So I am Amanda Davey and I um, run a business called Tilia Publishing UK. Uh, we write our own books and uh, produce our greeting cards that celebrate the beauty and quirkiness of the world around us. Um, the world around us, not just British world, but world world. Um and we've been doing that since 2014 on the greeting cards, 2015 on the books. And it's it's a great, great thing to do. So how, um, so I know you got started in 2014 with the card. So how did you get started and what inspired you? Uh, well, I've always taken photographs since uh, I was given a Kodak Instamatic at the age of 10, but got frustrated with taking the the tops of the heads of penguins rather than the full penguin um and then really got going with it when um I, I got a single lens reflex where you can actually see through the viewfinder what you're photographing um but uh had never really done it on a commercial basis properly um and then in 2013 we were rammed by a bus at um traffic lights um uh twice he hit us and i got fairly crippling whiplash and that does sort of focus your your mind about what your aims are what you want to do what you haven't yet started doing and um 
we uh, did some of the, some of the recuperation was was going around the South Downs taking photographs, and and the shops that you go into in the South Downs, it's incredibly hard to find decent photographs of the South Downs. And so we started producing cards that related to um, the beautiful places in the South Downs, or we call them the nooks and crannies of the South Downs, because there are some lovely non-iconic places as well as the iconic places. And um, I also started working on my grandfather's autobiography, and that became our first published book. Um, and that all came out of the mindset that was triggered by being rammed by a bus and in chronic pain. That's such a scary experience. I'm so sorry you went through that. Um, and what were you doing prior prior to to that experience? As in, were you were you doing something completely different? Was photography a hobby? Or well, um, I my I'm trained as a geographer and as a landscape architect. Oh wow. And both of those embrace virtually everything. Um, it is incredibly hard to find something that is not relevant to either geography or landscape architecture. And um, uh, one of the jobs that I had, um, I used to do about 12 different things in the office. So I've always done a, a rich variety of different things. And um, when I went freelance in 2004, as doing support services to landscape architects and people related to landscape architecture, so a lot of our tree people, um, then uh, that was also to keep that variety. And so the publishing is is an extra client as part of the um, rich variety of the landscape world. That's really nice to have such a variety of things. If if you're the pe- sort of person, which I know you are, Amanda, who enjoys having a variety in your days and your weeks, I think that's amazing to be able to do all these wonderful things that you enjoy and to do them all together. Yeah, yeah, it's it's um, yeah, a, a, a Gemini trait. Um, so yeah, um, and. It's 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 crucial actually. It's it's like people say you should have a project. Um, I need to have multiple projects because that's just how my mind works, um, and it, and it enriches everything that I do to have other things that are going on at the same time. And uh, so it's it's yeah, it's it's um one thing that is lovely to share with other people as well when they enjoy it too yeah absolutely and I mean your photographs on your cards are just beautiful and you're right it's such a lovely part of the country and it really surprised me when you said you were going to shops and they didn't already have cards depicting the landscape and because it 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 seems to me sort of such an obvious thing well, there are obvious places. So the Long Man of Wilmington. Well, we've got the Long Man of Wilmington, but he tends to kick up in various places. But um, yeah, no, it's 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 a real. We certainly went into twenty fourteen. It was a real gap. Um, there are art cards um, that there's there's a difference between the real landscape and the sort of filtered landscape so yeah i see what you mean so the photoshop version 
Yeah. And what we're about is the real place that people walk. So we've got one about mud. Um, and uh, it, it, the reality is so much richer, so much better, so much more beautiful than the toned, filtered, idealised view of, of roses round the door, etc. It, it's, um, yeah, it, it's hard to get to the, the truth of where you are, but the truth of where you are is why you're there. Yes. And I also think there's something quite nice. And I'm, I'm sure you probably hear this from customers is that when you see a card and, and it's something, and it might be quite niche or unusual, so it might be out of the way, but you recognize it. You know, you, you know, you have that little bit of joy where you're like, I know that puddle. Well, that's not a good example, but you know what I mean? I know that, whatever it <laughs> yeah. is, you just yeah. get a little, oh, I know what that is. And that's really nice. Whereas, um, see, I mentioned I live in Tunbridge and we have a, really beautiful castle and there's lots of pictures of the castle and posts of various things you can get with the castle on but when you occasionally see something with a different landmark or a different outlook it's like oh I recognize that and it exactly yeah, yeah and I, in a way that's much more appealing than the really obvious thing well that that's our mindset definitely um and so we've got one of of reeds in the ooze valley uh the river ooze valley down below lewis and you can walk along various stretches of that and see that that image it doesn't have to be that particular spot yeah absolutely but it will, it will take people to that spot in their minds yeah yeah and and having walked in in that particular sort of habitat actually it doesn't even have to be used um, you can get it on the Ada and the and the Aaron as well. So. so when you started out and with your cards and you saw that you know there weren't shops selling, was your goal to start selling your cards in these local shops or was it always to sell the, the cards yourself on your own site? Um, I, 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 in 2014, we didn't even have a website and the website wasn't wasn't really in our heads. Um, we were going to sell retail. Um, there's a lovely organisation called the Ladder Club, which is greeting card producers. Uh, a sort of it's like um, it's like a training program for greeting card producers and uh, support place. And um, they they do a lot of retail, and you go to the trade shows. And we were doing a lot of small fairs, and um, it's just. Um, yeah, small fairs to just to see what people's reactions were to the cards and to to learn about who our market were, um, to then give us the confidence when we went into the retailers and and um, were promoting the cards to them, and um, that that was that was interesting. Uh, it's it's an inter- interesting retail landscape though the South Downs. It's it's um, not not your ideal. Somewhere up north is fantastic, but um, South Downs is is a tougher gig because it's the it's very intense. There's a lot of people trying, and uh, so we were selling in bookshops and tourist information points, um, and uh, at these small fairs. Um, we didn't flourish at the trade show that we went to because Theresa May had announced a general election the day before. So um, there was risk aversion. So as a new publisher at a trade show, you need to have people very confident. 
And so if people are not confident in the slightest, then they will only go to the people that they actually have dealt with before. So that that was one of life's little lessons, I suppose, in in coping strategy. Um, Since the um, pandemic, sadly, some of our retailers have gone. Um, And... So the, the focus is much more on the website. And as you know, um, the, the pressure to open up on Amazon is, is building. Um, and uh, it, yeah, so we're probably moving more towards our online presence as a result of, of all of that. Yeah, thank you for explaining all, all of that. Um, how so was it after COVID? So post 2020 you actually set up your website the website the website was set up in 2015 in a big big rush because um we launched my grandfather's autobiography in the september and then oh whoops where where are people actually going to be able to buy it because in in the time of working on it when i was first working on it we had a publisher but my grandfather was absolutely adamant that his his guidance to me was to do short pithy sentences and this lovely publisher who had agreed to um take on his book wanted his book craved his book because of who he was um he wanted to string the short pithy sentences together into longer sentences which seemed very odd in this modern era where you're supposed to do short pithy sentences. So um, because it was such a big deal and it was um, obliterating the author's voice, uh, we decided to self-publish, given that the skills were in-house anyway. And uh, so launched it in the Institution of Civil Engineers Library in September. Mad panic. Oh, whoops, we need a, a website. And... Thanks to meeting um, somebody at a networking event, the next day she met somebody else who worked for a business that actually did do the sort of website that we needed. Um, We were up and running in December because e-commerce websites are not as fun as I've got, I've worked on loads of websites, but an e-commerce website needs to sit on a totally different structure to a bog standard sort of leaflet type website. Of course. And then there's all the added functionality as well that you need to have and the data protection and the ability to take payments and all of that. Yeah, it's, um, I'm not surprised actually how popular sort of e-commerce website builders have become things like Shopify because mm. I imagine to create a website of all that functionality that looks good that works from scratch isn't an easy thing to do no no it's not it's not easy to do even when you have actually been used to using html and building the leaflet type websites um so our uh, website provider is create they're called Create. They're based in Brighton and they are ethical. So um, that, that's a, an extra boon. Um, it's a, a, a nice price. They're incredibly responsive. Um, and it's been a total joy to have them ever since 
December 2015. So that was quite a few years now. That's a really long time. Uh, but it sounds like you weren't really focusing on the website as much initially. No, it was just a presence, really. Um, and uh, we, we we had other options at, at that time, um, and the options are now much more online. So, yeah, it's it's um, that's, so rem- that's how the world has gone. Yeah. So remind me, when did you take the decision to say, okay, we're going to put our entire range onto the website and really start selling there? Uh, well... They've always been lurking there. Um, we thought, well, retailers can have a look, but the retailers don't go have a look. Not that way. Um, they like to have the li- they like to have the printed the printed matter. Um, well, certainly they did when we were um, really pushing them. Um, all, all feedback from retailers gratefully received. If I'm if I'm doing it wrong, um, and. Uh, so but they need they need more words so we've been putting more words in because google likes words oh okay in terms of the actual words count on the page Mm. yeah different words they don't like repetitive stuff i think with websites something i'm certainly learning is there's always something to do you know you thought i think you've cracked it and then either advice changes or you just learn more or you learn something that you just didn't know um i shared actually it was on another podcast episode that i didn't realize what alt text was for on images i had been given the impression that the alt text was to aid with seo but of course that's not what it's for it's to help people who can't actually see the image so that obviously resulted in quite a big job sort of on my website updating the alt text for every single image which is really worthwhile and i'm pleased i've done it however i feel like you know something there soon there will be something else i think a website is always evolving isn't it and even if you've got a fantastic website that looks good and works really well um it's certainly not something you can just well i think if you want to if you want a successful website that whatever your aims are um and obviously when i say successful that would you know for everyone that's different but i certainly think that you do need to work on it because something else i've I've learned which i'm sure you're also aware is that google likes it when you update your site so you can't just set it up and leave it which I was certainly yeah. guilty of when I had my products business I had a really lovely Shopify site and um, something I was definitely guilty of was going well I've got a really nice site so I can leave that now and that will take care of itself but actually not really the case no no and I, I'm, I'm still trying to get my head around that alt text thing it, 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 that was absolutely fascinating that that insight that she gave on that it, it's um yeah I, I, I thought alt text was sort of yeah well i'll do that someday um so i'm now when i'm putting new things on much better at putting alt text in not perfect it's um a a work in progress but uh i think most things for a lot of us are a work in progress are they because we can't be perfect at everything i think as long as we're sort of consistently improving doing our best yeah i think and i think even on the the podcast episode we're referencing um is one i did with jody about accessibility which i'll link in the show notes and something she was really keen clear on is that you know you don't have to do everything and you don't have to do everything now but as long as you have good intentions and you're trying to improve and you're making small steps then that is progress um yeah so nobody worry that you need to go and 
do anything <laughs> on your website <laughs> right now to make it more accessible I think as long as you know as you're saying as you're adding more images you're being conscious of that I think that's great I just wanted to come back to when you were selling just in stores well not just in stores I know you were selling in um, markets as well but how did you get your products stocked in those stores and information centers was it a case of walking in and saying do you want to sell these or was it something more than that and I know we're going back six years here and things may have changed but I'm just I'm always curious as as to how you actually get you know get your stuff on the shelves yeah apparently what you're supposed to do is ring up and make appointments um we didn't do that um because we thought that 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 would immediately get them saying no um when when you're very early doors you don't have you don't have that we've been going for the last eight years uh, (laughs) um (laughs) so um that gives you a bit more credibility if you've got a bit of longevity when you're trying to make those calls but in 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 the early days we were just sort of going in with a stack of cards um and and smiling nicely and um one lady was absolutely horrendous um she basically she decided to, to stop having cards which seems to me to be very odd because there is a, a an initiative called just a card where if somebody goes into a, a retail outlet and buys just a card just one card from that retailer that could mean the difference between them succeeding or failing. So why people would stop stocking cards, I don't understand. But anyway, that that's just odd. Um, she was odd. She was very rude. Um, but uh, some of them just went, oh, wow, yes, please. That was nice. Uh, some of them said, leave them with us and we'll have a think. Um, there's, uh, again, there's, there's different stages, different layers that, that you go, that you go through. So, um, a lot of the big card producers have spinners that they put into shops. So this is why you'll see so many of the spinners. And then they have an agent who will go in and check and make sure. And then there's invoices and stuff that go with that. But we've never been in that, in that league. We've been, um, small, smaller, um, numbers. And, um, so, uh, there's a, a lovely bookshop in Petworth who that, that sale came about as a result of buying a map and chatting about why I was buying the map. And uh, so he said, oh, I'd love to see your cards. So I went out to the car, got them, took them back in. <laughs> um, and uh, so we've had several years of of, of um, w- working with him um, on the back of buying a map. Yeah, see, I that's a really nice story. And I don't know much about 
rights and wrongs of getting stocks in retailers it was never a route I went down myself I'll be honest but I do think there's a lot to be said for the personal touch um and I am sure that walk if you're in a position to walking in with your product and saying would you like to look at this I imagine is probably one of the best things you can do because they get to see you they get to see what you're selling um whereas you know on email it's all a bit detached isn't it and I think there's a lot to be said from hello, this is me and this is what I have and do you want it? And I think it makes it a lot easier for someone to say yes or no because there they are, they're there. They can see what you have. Yeah, I think the trouble is it's hit or miss sometimes. Say if you get the wrong time of day or or yeah. they're desperate for a, if they're desperate for a, a, a sale and you're in there, um, then then that can make them panic. It, 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 it really, it, it's been a very interesting ride the dealing with the retailers right because everybody has a different personality and so how you deal with the different personalities can affect Hmm. how successful you are with 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 working with them so some need very florid and some need just very business-like and and that that is that that's so unpredictable absolutely and and while I think that i personally like the idea of just being able to say okay here here I am and this is what I have but then of course you have to take into account that not everyone likes that not everyone wants to just be approached it can feel a bit hostile or a bit too much can't it and then also you just don't know someone's situation like you say you don't want to turn up at their busiest time of the day or the time when I don't know they've unboxing new stock or whatever it is it is it is really tricky um so but it sounds like you've taken a great approach we had a lovely one um, where there'd been an event um, in the greeting card industry, it, it sort of meet the dragons is, is what they call it, I think, um, where the big retailers were meeting the um, newer publishers, I think, um, or certainly a range of the publishers. And we weren't able to go to that and um, we've yet to go to it. Um, but it was running, I think it was running for five days. And on the Thursday, we got a phone call from one of the um, retailers that had been at that event on the back of something that had been in one of the Gushing Card Press things saying, could you take take us some photographs because we want some local views? Oh, Wow. Uh, because they hadn't actually met anybody at that event and they'd gone there looking for people who would do local views. So because they hadn't found them, they approached us. And that, that was really, really lovely. So that, that generated some rather nice nice pictures, actually. That was fun to do. And are you expanding your range still? I'm imagining you are, from what I know of you, Amanda. Um, I'm sure you can't <laughs> help yourself. So is the card collection growing? Uh, well, we've we've just launched the, uh, this month or last month. Last month, um, flower cards. I saw those. I didn't realise they were new. Okay. Yeah, they're brand new. Yeah. Um, so, and uh, it was lovely. I, I was able to send one to my mother for Mother's Day. Um, she lives just outside Inverness, and um, it's of a peony. And she always, always had peonies in the garden, and um, so it meant a lot to us personally but it was lovely also to be able to send it to her um as a sort of the first celebration card 
of of that so okay thank you and you've mentioned that now you're selling more sort of through your website so have things changed so how have things changed i think you touched on the fact they had and how have things changed in terms of how and where you're selling your cards and books uh the plan to go on amazon is hatching little little green shoots um I, I've been very wary of Amazon because of, of some of the problems that relate to it, as well as the, the joys of, of, of its complexity. Um, but because so much more is done online now in terms of what people buy, certainly our, our target market being, I would think, almost uh, predictably longer in tooth than um the, the the sort of average average human being so um the older older generations are spending more time buying online than they used to as a result of the pandemic so it's better for us to be more available online um and they are being very loyal to the shops as well but the shops aren't being so loyal to us um the uh so that's that's a big thing that will happen. It was supposed to have happened in February, but it didn't. Um, and uh, so much more focus on 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 that side of things for us. Um, yeah, she says in a garble. Well, that's exciting. So yeah, so moving on to Amazon sales, that's what your next ones. And are you looking at any other online? marketplaces as well or are you just thinking amazon for now um thinking amazon for now because we don't hand make our stuff we get slaps on a lot of the craft making type side of things and and because of the books amazon is a bit of a a, a no-brainer really yeah with the cards, there's something you might find actually interesting. As I was having an interview today, and I'm I'm hoping everyone listening to this finds this interesting because the interview I'm referencing won't be going out until July, um, with an Etsy expert who mentioned that now Etsy accepts applications from people who may not produce the product themselves as long as it's their original work. So, for example, cards where you take the image yourself, so it's it's not handmade, but it's personalised. It's made by you by yeah. you I'm trying to think of a way of saying it um <laughs> now um and I I was unclear as to whether this was okay now or whether this was something that was in the pipeline um but it's changing she also referenced you know for example textile products where maybe somebody designs the products but the actual printing has to be done by somebody else because maybe mm-hmm. that person doesn't have a a printing press or whatever and apparently um it's moving more in that direction which I thought was interesting and also maybe gives opportunity so I thought I'd mention in case it helps you and of course everyone listening as well because I was under the impression it was solely things you'd made yourself with your own hands um so I was really interested to hear that and as I say that interview isn't going out for a while this will definitely be out first so hope that's helpful yeah yeah that 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 could be very helpful because it's been very frustrating to to take our own photos Oh, uh, we've also got my mother's paintings. Um, that, those are the only ones that that we have, and and um, but we 
I, we used to print our own Christmas cards. We, we send a lot of Christmas cards every year. And um, the, we used to print them on a printer at home. And just once a year, that was bad enough. But to have to do it all year round, it, I don't know how people do it. I really don't. So we have a, 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 a print works in Kent who um, do our printing for us. They're greeting card specialists. They do a fabulous job. Um, and uh, all our printing is done in the UK. I'm fairly um, local as well, because you're in Sussex, aren't you? So Kent's not yeah. too far. Not that it really matters in the UK. It's nothing that far, is it? But <laughs> it is nice that it's, you know, not well, we've too got far. The occasional, the occasional thing is printed in Glasgow. But apart from that, it's all Sussex, Kent or London. That's really, that's really nice. It's nice when you are able to support other local businesses with things like that. Yeah, it is crucial. It's crucial. I, I, I couldn't send it to China, not with all the sea in between. It, it, it just doesn't make sense. It's, it's, yes, the margins become extraordinary, but a, um, there's, there's, there's a planet to get involved with. I'm also not convinced that the margins would be that great once you take into the account, into account the shipping and the import fees and everything else. I mean, yes, maybe slightly better, but when you sort of think it wouldn't be, yeah, when you weigh up the impact on the planet on top of that, um, yeah, I, I think for printed products, especially if you're able to print them somewhere local mm. to you, um, because I think the cost of paper and ink I, I I don't I've never looked into printing something myself but I would like to think that it can't be much different in the UK once you take it like I say once you take everything else into account I I, I think a, a, a printer would probably um, squirm with that question but um, what you get with printing in the UK also is flexibility because you don't have that huge great time lag that you have to have going come, going and toing and froing from China or, or, or any of the other um, candidates yeah. of, of your and the excess stock as well because that's the other thing if you're mm. printing in China presumably to make it worth you putting them on a boat and shipping them over here or putting them on a plane or whatever it is it would need to be a fairly substantial order um whereas and then of course if those cards aren't sold immediately they might be sitting in a box for a while there's that sort of element of it as well whereas i guess if you're printing in the uk and the turnaround's pretty good you can print smaller batches and just know that you're producing what you're reasonably going to sell which is also nice in terms of not just producing lots of i don't want waste isn't the right word um so you know i hope you know what i mean by that i, oh, I know exactly what you mean yes. i mean excess <laughs> um because there's nothing worse is there than sort of having boxes and boxes of something sat around that isn't moving um that's not a nice feeling is it uh no no it's um yeah i i um i i, I got overexcited with one print one i thought i thought that um that it would do better than it did. Um, so we do have boxes and boxes and boxes of that, but it'll shift. It does shift. So it's, it does. It's not it's- I mean, I'm speaking of someone who's done exactly that. My first product, I had 
was producing the first product I sold was manufactured in China and I the first round I did I ordered a lot and I got them all shipped over here and then they did sell but they took longer than I wanted and there were boxes sitting around for a long long time and it's not and it's not a nice feeling and then also sort of the waste element I say waste isn't the right word because I mean they were going to be sold but I started to feel almost guilty thinking well I could have got half of this and you know it it started to feel yeah a bit a bit wasteful and I I don't think that is exactly the right word that I mean but it it just felt like you know why have I why why did I get so many basically was what it comes out came down to um yeah it's it's like having a nag isn't it it's it's just sort of going at you yes Um, and it did it just didn't feel you know because my products were all about sustainability you know they were products that were designed to last because I wanted them to be sustainable but it didn't feel very sustainable having lots of boxes sitting around waiting to sell for some reason I don't know it didn't feel didn't sit quite right no 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 I I I know exactly how you feel yeah it's um yeah I mean you also end up with fashion changes we've we've um We've pulled two cards off the website because they were um, of Russia. Um, and what's very interesting is that one of them was a major, major seller at shows and events and um, not in shops. Oh, oh, no, no, it did sell in shops. It did sell in shops. So that's, that's, that's. Um, until 2016. When suddenly Putin's involvement in um, certain political events around the world meant that nobody wanted anything to do with Russia anyway. It, it was it was absolutely fascinating that complete nosedive. It went from being pretty much our, t- our top seller after the penguins um, to not selling a single a single thing just because of the toxicity yeah. even then of of what what he was building up to do um and the fashion is is absolutely fascinating even even in the greeting card industry or particularly in the greeting card industry you have color themes that people go for um and and we can have cars that don't shift, don't shift, don't shift, and you think, oh well, let's get rid of them then. And then suddenly, whoosh, off they off they off they go. I guess there's a seasonality aspect as well. For example, your plant cards, um, I imagine are going to sell really well throughout spring because it's the time all the plants and flowers are springing up in people's gardens, and we're all getting well. I say we all. I'm getting very excited about seeing colour and things yeah. popping out of the soil. Yeah. Um, and there's, I guess there's always going to be, and I'm, I, I imagine win- wintry landscapes maybe sell better at that time of year. But what's great, I think, about your business model and the fact you have your printing done locally and you can control it is that presumably you can move cards in and out of your range as you need to you can be adaptable and I think that's fantastic yeah that's the idea so I have just one final question for you Amanda before we finish up if that's okay Mm -hmm. and that is what would your number one piece of advice be for other product creators uh can I do two of course you can do two uh Advice we were given um, was make your mistakes while you're small. 
Um, but there's another bit of advice, and that is be patient. Go for the long game, not 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 try and do the the get rich quick models because they blow up and then down again very often. Yeah, I completely agree. I love both of those pieces of advice, particularly what you said about making mistakes, because I think making mistakes is the best way to learn. And, you know, it's nice. You're never going to get all of your mistakes out of the way, but I think you can get a good chunk of them out of the way in the first (laughs) six months. From my experience, I'd say the biggest mistakes I've made in my business were all right at the outset, you know, the the big ones. And, um, yeah, because as soon as you made them, then you can learn from them and move on. So, I mean, I mean, of course, I'm still making mistakes now. I'm sure that everyone's still making mistakes now. But I think, you know, there's nothing like the mistakes you make when you're first starting out. Yes, it's because your reputation isn't isn't there. So you can you can make the reputation damaging ones when you're tiny. Uh, but the the thing, the thing is not to be scared of making mistakes. Yeah, that's a good point, because. I think a lot of us think that sort of all eyes are on us and everyone's going to notice these things that we do. But actually, very few people, I think, notice Mm. or care even about some of the things that we're doing. I think everyone's wrapped up in their own thing, aren't they? But sometimes a fear of what people people think stops people from trying. But actually, I think a lot of people aren't really watching what you're doing. And I mean that in the nicest possible way. Um, I, I, and I'm, of course, friends and family, you know, always supporting. But I mean, the the general public, I don't think yeah. really notice. Yeah, they've got other things on their minds most of the time. Yes, that's very reassuring. Thank you. <laughs> and thank you so much for everything that you've shared. And yeah, I mean, that's what this podcast is all about. It's sharing experiences and learnings, because I think that we can all learn from each other and hopefully avoid some of those mistakes. Yeah, yeah. Learning from other people's mistakes is 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 um, yeah, that underpins my grandfather's book, by the way. Um, yeah, it's 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 it, it's it's very healthy to learn from other people's mistakes. Yeah, absolutely. As I said, it's a whole, well, not the whole, but one of the aims of this podcast is for people to be able to listen to others' mistakes and and learn from them because that's how, you know, when Mm. I started out my business, all I was doing was sharing the things I was doing wrong because it felt like at the beginning everything was wrong until you get to a point where actually the curve goes up and you're making less mistakes and you're doing more things right. Um, But I think it's so invaluable, isn't it, for to to know the pitfalls other people fell into so you can avoid them yourself because we none of us know what we don't know yeah yeah no and and also um not to feel that it's just you that everybody goes through this stuff that's 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 a reassuring one as well isn't it oh absolutely it's so reassuring because uh, like we you know sometimes you have a bit of imposter syndrome or feel like you know what you're doing is on full view of the world and you're just failing publicly but you're not and everyone else is and no one even cares that much I think knowing all of that while it sounds a bit harsh and I don't mean it that way at all I think it is quite comforting to know that actually no one really thinks it's as much of a big of a deal as as what you do and no one's really watching and everyone else is doing the same and probably worrying about the same things have you have you heard the um story of the frogs climbing the Eiffel Tower no I haven't um there's a whole load of frogs were climbing the Eiffel Tower little hoppy frogs um, and um, one by one they 
fell back down. The crowds down the bottom were were jeering at them, going, "You'll never reach the top of the Eiffel Tower. You're far too small." Um, and then eventually, one of them got to the top and uh, interviewed by the press afterwards. They discovered that he was deaf. Wow, makes you think, doesn't it? So, uh, yeah, just go for it is the underpinning thing, isn't it? Well, thank you. Thank you for ending with that positivity as well. That's a really nice place to finish. Thank you so much for all you shared. I've loved talking to about you. Obviously, I was aware of you and what you did, but it's really lovely to get to actually ask you questions about your business and find out more. So thank you for sharing your time with me. Thank you for, for sharing it with you with me that did the podcast (laughs) i know what you mean thank you thank you so much for listening all the way to the end of this episode if you enjoyed it please do leave me a review that really helps other people to find this podcast make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes and do tell your friends about it too if you think that they also might enjoy it you can find me at vickyweinberg.com there you'll find link to all of my social channels you'll find lots more information all of the past podcast episodes and lots of free resources too so again that's vickyweinberg.com take care have a good week and see you next time if you've been inspired to start a podcast in 2024 i really recommend my podcast host captivate captivate were my top pick when i started podcasting four years ago because of how easy it was for a complete novice like me to get started I've stuck with them for the last four years because Captivate is still really simple to use. They keep adding great new features like the ability to share ads like these and they've just been really reliable. So when you're ready to start your own podcast, you can use the link in the show notes and get a free seven day trial with Captivate.